Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670 The Score. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us, leave us a five-star review, and tell your friends to subscribe and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. If your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 and 54, then your company should be advertising right here on our show. Our audience is 95% male and 78% of our audience is between the ages of 18 and 44. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to consider purchasing products they learned about from podcasts. And 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase from companies that, are, that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable, so if you want to advertise with us, make sure you email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And if you want to go to the February 19th All-Star Game in New Orleans, you can see Jimmy Butler play, Sean. That's true. he'll be starting. Jimmy Butler, his third consecutive All-Star honor. He first start, though. will start for the first time in what was a conglomeration of player voting, fan voting, and media voting, with fan voting being 50%, Jimmy Butler was the third front court member of the Eastern Conference. A great honor for him. He certainly deserves it, averaging a career-high 24.8 points per game and basically being the difference between the Bulls being a slightly above-average NBA team when he's on the court and a disastrous team when he's off the court, I believe we've referenced on previous podcasts. But he will start alongside LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the East front court, and in the back court is Kyrie Irving, and DeMar DeRozan. So, a nice honor for Jimmy Butler. What did you think, Sean? I think we kind of saw this one coming, probably. Yeah, and you, you know, yesterday, in yesterday's episode, which people should go back and check out if they haven't listened to it, you and I both gave our picks, and we both had Jimmy in there. So, Certainly. it's not, you know, this wasn't really a surprise. Uh, obviously, it was helped by the media vote and the player vote, because the uh, fan voting had fifth in, uh, in, the, in the East front court voting. And, you know, I, I personally believe that it should have been left with the fans and you know because it, it's an exhibition game it's what the fans want and media already votes on all nba and like the end of season awards so if, you know if the fans want to see washed up Dwayne wade and they want to see zaza pachulia then that's what they should get to see but joella Embiid would be starting in the east front court if fan voting was 100 percent i'm down like that sounds all that sounds fun that would that would have been okay the uh, nba instituted these new rules it's the zaza, it's the zaza, zaza pachulia rule rule because he came so close last year. But if the fans want to see Zaza, what's wrong with them getting to see Zaza? We already litigated this on yesterday's podcast, but this is important. Like, the idea of this did work. A couple people have tweeted this uh, already, pointing this out. Like, the point was that 10 worthy players, or at least close to that, would be starting the All-Star game, as Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post pointed out. The popularity contest is still okay in the NBA. It's eyes. The have all the celebrities and big timers retweet you and kind of upend the popularity contest 
is not what the NBA wanted. And they accomplished that part and offset this, mitigated that uh, with this. But uh, Jimmy Butler, like you said, I mean, fifth in the fan voting least, but he did get third in the media voting pretty clearly. He was third just edging out Paul George uh, in the player voting, which I think is important because, I mean, Jimmy's peers view him as the third best front court guy in the East right yeah. now and, you know, one of the top front court guys in the East. And, and if, if he'd been behind Carmelo or Joel Embiid, Kevin Love, Kristaps Porzingis, Paul George in the player voting, that would have been kind of throwing shade at Jimmy from the players. But they recognize his greatness, I think, this season, Sean. Just as an aside, how salty do you think Carmelo is that Kristaps Porzingis got one more player vote than he did? Was it exactly one more? It was one more. That's something else. That's great. So uh, I Carmelo wanna... did not get a lot of respect from the players, well, right? The Knicks, Knicks suck. Excuse me, he didn't get much respect from the media. He was 12th in media voting. So, um, I, I mean, I thought, I mean, I think the system the NBA put in worked out for the most part besides some shenanigans at the end of the player voting, which we'll get into shortly. Team Pro- Zaza. Promise you. Justice for Zaza. Uh, we'll get into that shortly. But uh, any other surprises? I mean, what did you think by way of, Ky- you okay with Kyrie starting and DeMar DeRozan in the backcourt? I mean, I, I, if I, if I had a vote, I would have gone with Lowry over DeRozan, and I think it's a little bit crazy that if you're picking one of the Raptors guards, you would pick DeRozan and not Lowry. But you know, DeRozan's also—it's not like DeRozan doesn't deserve to be an All Star. He's having a great year. I just—if you're picking the five starters and you're picking two guards in the East, I would take Lowry over DeRozan. We talked about this more yesterday. Yeah, we did, and and I think the, okay, Lowry should have been starting too. But I'm okay with DeRozan as well. And here's what Bontemps uh, said, which is a good point. There is nobody who's going to be starting the All-Star game that doesn't deserve to be an All-Star. There's Correct. No, That's there's an no, excellent point. There's not, it's not like a Kobe situation where he's not having a good year, but he kind of gets the fan vote because it's a popularity contest. So, like, if that's what the NBA wanted, then it's successful. And, I mean, I obviously Russell Westbrook, based on merit, should be starting in the West over Steph Curry, but, you know... Steph is the two-time reigning MVP. He's still having a really good year. He's going to get in anyway. So that's important because the fan voting still carries significance, not only in being 50% of the ballot, but being the tiebreaker. And that's how Steph got in over Russ and how James Harden got in over Russ as well. Because a little bit of complicated math here, which we're not going to get into, but they basically all tied. And the tiebreaker was fan voting and Steph and Harden were 1-2, Russ 3 in the West fan voting, so that's why they went. So, obviously that reflects how good they've all been, and especially Harden and Westbrook, again, have been just terrific with their triple-double barrage and everything. But the fan voting, Steph gets in a little bit because of that popularity contest, which, again, I don't think anyone has a problem with that. I think it's nuts and weird that a guy who's going to become, what, the second player in NBA history to average a triple-double isn't going to start the All-Star game, or on pace at least at this point, in a strong position to do so for the season, I think is weird. But again, like, and the other I'm thing, fine with and Steph bombing threes in the All-Star and game. And the other thing to keep in mind with Russ maybe not starting is there's a very real chance, I, I mean, I think I would pick Harden at this point, but there's a very real chance that Russ could win MVP. Yes. There have been two MVPs in the last 30 years that not that didn't start in the All-Star game the year that they won MVP. Do you remember who they were? I do. Who? Steve Nash in 05 okay. and Dirk in 07. Okay, so fairly recently here yeah. in the last 12 years. Other than that, in the last 30 years, every MVP yeah. started the All-Star game the year they won MVP. Yeah, I would say James Harden is a slight inside track to MVP right now. Just because the Rockets are better than the... Yeah, I think that, yeah. that people value wins so much, and he's actually leading the NBA in assists. Harden is... Um, and just magnificent, but certainly, I mean, 
if Russ just keeps his tear up in the second half and maybe Harden just lags a little bit, Russ is right there uh, to win the MVP. We should point out I want to just Kevin give... Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis are the West front court starters along with no argument Steph with, no argument with any uh, of that. in the backcourt. Pretty clear choices, I thought. But what do you want to point out here? I just want to go through some of these names. You wanted of, to get in on the fun. I want to, I want to, I want to go to go through some of these names of players that got player votes. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to throw up just a few of my favorites right off the start. We'll, we'll get to these others in a second. Tony Snell, two votes. And we have to tie everything into the Bulls on this podcast because we are Locked On Bulls. And you can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com with basketball questions and advertising inquiries. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. But Jaron Grant, two votes. Taj Gibson, I believe, six player votes. Rajon Rondo had one player vote. I think Robin Lopez, Jack, I didn't look at them all. I think Robin had three. Robin had votes. three. Three, three, one of which is his. He yeah, admitted. he wrote himself in for all Maybe five Maybe his positions. brother, the other one, and then did he bribe a bull to vote for him too? Oh, I don't three, think I don't think Brooke voted for Robin. I think it was probably two teammates. <laughs> Cristiano Felicio got one vote. Nico okay. Miritich got one vote. Jaron Grant got one vote. Denzel Valentine got one vote. No, Jaron Grant got two, didn't he? Uh, no, he did get two votes. You're right. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta make sure the standings are correct here because I'm sure this Paul Zipser did not get any Paul votes, Zipser, man. Isaiah Cannon. Who else was left off entirely? Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis did not get any votes. So, um, man. Yeah. So we needed. So let's talk about some of these. Okay. So so let's go through. So the East uh, front court. So the top ones are like okay, LeBron, Giannis, Jimmy, Paul George, Porzingis, Melo, Embiid. You know, it's guys that you could justify. Ben Simmons hasn't played a game yet this year. He got three. Michael Beasley. The one and only Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley got six votes. Okay. Trevor Booker got seven votes. What was the shout-out to the Western Conference one, though? Uh, Bryce Johnson. Bryce Johnson has not played. appeared in an NBA game yet and got a vote among the players. So um, not all players are taking this 100% seriously, as you can point out. Cody Zeller got... Three votes and Tyler Zeller got one vote. At so least they're, they're gonna playing have bragging, basketball games. Bragging rights there. Timothy Luau on the 76ers got a vote. John Luer got a vote. Chris McCullough on Brooklyn got a vote. This is just Daniel reading o- podcast. Daniel, you reading off no, no, arbitrary this is, names. No, this that is great though. Probably forgot about. Daniel Ochefu, who I've literally never heard of before on the Wizards. He was on the Villanova National Championship team. I don't, I don't watch college basketball. Well, it was one of the greatest games, the ending in uh, history. Bryce Johnson was involved, too, with North Carolina. Damian uh, Rudez on the Magic, who I thought got waived a couple weeks ago, but I guess didn't get waived. Jason Smith got a vote. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Title of this podcast, Sean Hyken <laughs> reads random names and reacts to them getting player votes. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is so... This is so great. Malcolm Delaney on the Hawks got a vote in the backcourt. We should point Michael, out... Michael Gibbingy, who I've literally never heard of on the on the Pistons, got a vote. I believe he's a Syracuse grad. Shout out to Nick Friedel. Um, We should note that Dwayne Wade got second in the fan voting, but was sixth in player voting, sixth in media voting. So his all-star fate now is completely in the hands of NBA head coaches who vote for the all-star game. He can be voted as a reserve by the coaches. Those will be released next Thursday night. But at this point, Sean, it's not something we expect, right? I would not imagine so. Because, I, I mean, if you look at it, so, so, the, so there's seven reserve spots, two guards, three front courts, and two wild cards. There's four potential spots for Dwayne Wade to get. Kyle Lowry is going to get one of them. John Wall is going to get one of them. Isaiah Thomas is going to get one of them. And then I would think Kemba Walker probably gets the other one. 
Kemba Walker, you said? Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. I don't I think, think all I don't those, think Dwayne Wade deserves. I think it, so. all those guys are significantly more deserving than yeah. Dwayne Wade. I mean, maybe maybe he'll get a vote, like a legacy vote from the coaches, but he's not. I feel like he's not having a good enough year to really justify. And frankly, it's not his last season either, so they're not going to give him. He's the not retirement right. He's vote. not doing the, the, the retirement, the farewell ceremony. tour vote. And the other thing is, I mean, I I was going back and listening to this audio today uh, from when we were at shoot around in New York last week talking to Wade. Yeah. And he basically, he didn't come out and say, I don't want to make the All-Star game. Like, obviously he said it would be an honor to get selected again. But he basically talked about how excited that he gets when somebody makes it for the first time and how yeah. sometimes veterans want to rest. So I don't think Dwayne Wade is losing too much sleep. He's made 12 All-Star games in a row. He's, you know, a Hall of Famer, Finals MVP, got three rings. He doesn't need to be an All-Star again. He would probably rather go hang out with Gabrielle in Miami. Yeah, have like, a few off days. Yeah. I mean, there's, what, He's, like eight off days or something, and if you go to All-Star Weekend, I mean, that's three of your nights. Right, and then you have to and, right, and then you have to do, it, even if you're only going to play a few minutes in the game, like, you have to do all this media stuff. A lot of a promotional lot of, stuff. Right, like, I, I understand, I've, I've actually heard the story that, uh, I think this might have been, like, 05 or 07, Rasheed Wallace was actively going around and telling the other coaches in not the Eastern him. Conference not to vote for him because his wife already had made vacation plans that he couldn't get out of, and they ended up voting him in anyway. <laughs> that is phenomenal. So, That's such a sheet story. So, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of these veterans, like, I mean, for some of these guys, like, if you've never been an all-star, like, like, Gian, like Giannis, this is probably the most exciting thing in the world to Giannis, he's going to get to be an all-star at the Smoothie King Center. You know he's a smoothie aficionado. Well, yeah, I mean, his is this his first all-star trip, too? I yeah, mean, he's yeah, never... Yeah, yeah. and he's going to start. And I thought that was interesting. And he deserved in, it, too. I mean, he had a runaway, runaway ballot from the players, too. Like, it was LeBron player votes and Giannis not too far behind. Then there was a huge drop-off before they got to Jimmy. So that's like the players basically shouting out Giannis, second best player in the East. I think part of it is because he's such an impossible guy to guard. And, like, players around the league are seeing what he's doing and are and respected. But the other thing is he's such a likable guy. He's, like, he's a lovable nobody, figure. Nobody except for Mike Dunleavy has a beef with Giannis. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I, <laughs> I feel like Mike Dunleavy probably didn't vote for Giannis. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Mike Dunleavy is the only player that doesn't like Giannis. Giannis is such a, such a what? sweet kid who's, like, just pretty hard not to like. Who, was it Giannis who basically pile drove Mike yes. Dunleavy into yes, the first that, row yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Bucks seats? Two years ago in the playoffs or whatever, end of two. Yeah, after MCW had a hard foul on. Uh, yeah, and like <laughs> Dunleavy was throwing some elbows too and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I forgot Giannis did kind of flip out there for a moment, so he's got a little bit of a mean streak in him. Um, but yeah, he's he's been magnificent, and that was just um, just a reflection of what the players. You Have know. you heard of Bryn Forbes on the Spurs, by the way? No, is that a real person? <laughs> it's a real person who got an all-star vote. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe it came from one of his first teammates, you know? Maybe he's just killing people in practice. I consider myself somebody who watches a lot of the NBA and, like, knows a lot of the really obscure players in the roster. And there's, like, three guys that got all-star votes that I'm looking at. I'm like, I've literally never heard of this person before. Hey, that's okay, you know? You know? they can. What's your, what's your line you always say? They can show that all-star vote to their kids someday. Absolutely. No, if you're not going to start, if Zaza's not going to start, at least he can show his vote total to his kids. I'm uh, to Team Zaza. Zaza got shafted. Zaza should be starting. Well, Zaza, I don't know that, I guess, voting ended before he leveled Russ Westbrook. That was, a, that was, that was, I mean, Russ's response to that. This is another reason we need Zaza in the All-Star game. Okay. We need chaos and well, sports hate. 
the all-star games like is never interesting or memorable the actual game itself like we talk name the last moment that you remember yeah. from an actual all-star game like, okay. like i mean the ones that popped to your head are like jordan and kobe kind of sure right yeah, right it's jordan's like, final one right it's like that like right it's like that long ago like you remember like the dunk contest you remember like the three-point contest and stuff like I that i remember Dwayne wade breaking kobe's nose like the hardest. Like, That's right. Ten seconds of defense or two seconds of defense. Right, but like, right, but like, but like, usually the All Star game is like, okay, you know, the big stars will play like five minutes, and then like some of the guys will get in. There's no rhyme or reason well, in your rotations. The and then, last two years, I remember Russ playing really hard when everyone else was jogging. Too. Because that's just what Russell Westbrook does. But Goodness, like, think how much he's going to run up and down the court, and how ferocious he's going to be when he doesn't start because he still wants to come in. Win MVP again. The reason, and the reason he's not starting is because Steph Curry is starting, and Steph Curry's teammate is Kevin Durant, who left a Thunder for the Warriors. Now, if Zaza was in there too, and Zaza and Russ had to be teammates, like, see, again, this would have been possible if they had just left the voting up to the fans. We would have had this extra drama. Maybe we'd have to have a memorable All Star game this year. I think we're still going to get Draymond Green should be reserved for the West. Oh, absolutely. Right? Well, we're still going to get him. And Russ Westbrook and Kevin Durant on the same court. So it will be good entertainment. Um, hopefully Jimmy has some stories from it because that should be good. And it should be noted that Jimmy the other day said that he didn't care about the All-Star game. He did admit on a conference call shortly after the starters were announced that it was a great honor. And Taj Gibson, Sean, fill him in on what Taj Gibson thought about Jimmy Butler saying he didn't care about the All-Star game. Taj says... That Jimmy was lying, and he said that he's like one of those, you know, he's like a hospital patient where one day you, he's like, don't talk to me, and the other day it's like the sun is yeah, up. It's sun's out, let's go for a walk a, outside, I'm feeling good today. such a phenomenal That quote. is, uh, that's an interesting quote from Taj. I'm gonna miss Taj when he's gone. He's Taj, such... Taj said that in a lighthearted manner, yeah. correct? Yeah. But it is also reflective of Jimmy, because anyone that's covered the Bulls for a while knows there are times Jimmy can be moody. And he's done, I think, a better job this year of being even keeled. But again, there are times where he gets a little disgruntled. And Taj saying that pretty much backs that up as saying, yeah, all the teammates know it and see it. You know what I mean? Again, in a different context of the quote, but it kind of all ties back together at the end. And I do think that's something that's important. And that I think Jimmy's taken from D-Wade too. Because D-Wade is always so cool-headed after win or a loss. And sometimes it comes off as oh, the Bulls aren't even mad about this loss, which I think I mentioned the other night uh, when they lost to the Mavericks, a game they shouldn't have lost, obviously, if you have any intention of being an Eastern Conference playoff team. But the Bulls, the the mood, the tone, no one was upset, no one was mad, no one one seemed angry. D-Wade, least of all, too. Like, I mean, he was just like, you know, that happens sometimes, whatever. Sometimes they hit a three and beat you. You know, I'm, I'm too old to get stressed out about this game, he basically said. So, like, it comes off as they don't care, but at the same time, like, you need to be even-keeled and strike that balance. And there's a time to get angry, no doubt. There's a time to get angry. If the Bulls got angry every single time they lost to a really crappy team this year, they'd be angry too often, probably. Right. So they do need to pick their spots on when to be angry and when to turn the page and uh, kind of shuffle into the next game. But on the topic, Sean, of D-Wade and Jimmy Butler, the bromance for the Bulls this year... Um, that has proved very beneficial for Jimmy Butler's development, I think. And Dwayne Wade has enjoyed being in Chicago if he doesn't enjoy the 21-22 and 22 record. Right. Really gets along well with Jimmy Butler. Nick Friedel uh, of ESPN had an exclusive with Jimmy, or excuse me, with Dwayne Wade 
speaking about Dwayne Wade's future and how that pertains to uh, the decision the Bulls make with Jimmy Butler, whose name has always been on the rumor mill, trade rumor yeah. mill. Um, Phil Minchon. So Wade, uh, I mean, Wade, if you'll remember, he has an opt-out for next season. Yeah, player option. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He says, at the end of the year, you sit back and see what the team is, what direction they're going in. I would be a liar to say that I want to play on a team with all 21-year-olds, you know what I mean? And to be part of that future building, I would be a fool to say that, but you also want to be in the best position for what you think is for you at the time, too. One of the reasons I'm here is, is because of Jimmy. He's the one that called me and got me to come here. So it's a big part of my decision and everything else is what Jimmy's doing, what his future looks like and all that. And I've made it very clear. So I have no idea from that standpoint. You just have to wait and see how it works out. So he pretty much just says, look, if, you, if they trade Jimmy Butler, I'm probably gone. Which is interesting because if the Bulls do trade Jimmy Butler, they don't want Dwayne Wade coming back. So to hear him say that might be a little reassuring for them in a way. If you're a normal organization that approaches this kind of stuff the way a rationally thinking group does that is correct but my feeling it knowing this front office and knowing how they operate and knowing what a big deal it is to them that they got Dwayne Wade in the first place because they almost never get big names in free agency and he's basically he's been so big in terms of fan interest and selling tickets and all that stuff i think the bulls management is very even you know even if it doesn't make the most sense for the future i think they're very attached to the idea of keeping Wade around and this not just being a one-year thing and you know him really being an ambassador for the franchise and that kind of stuff so i almost feel like this is going to go the other way where wade making it so clear that he doesn't want them to trade jimmy would make them a little less likely to trade jimmy which is something i don't think is going to be is, is likely to happen anyway because i don't think they're going to get enough back for him to make it worth their while no, no, no. I, I definitely agree i definitely agree with that that point you made right there as in i don't think the bulls are going to trade jimmy and this is more ammunition not to agree with that but i'm saying if the bulls were to hit the nuclear button on the rebuild, and do it. They still don't control Dwayne Wade being here next year or not. He does. But it might be reassuring if that full rebuild is in play to know that Dwayne Wade has said, I'm not going to be around anyway, and the Bulls can approach. Because it would be really weird to do a rebuild, like all in, have traded Jimmy Butler, and then Dwayne Wade opt in just because he likes Chicago and wants his $24 million and doesn't like any other opportunity. But Dwayne Wade is still, like, he's not checking out for the rest of his career and just cashing a check, although I know a lot of you will probably make those jokes on Twitter, so whatever. But he still is eyeing another championship. More success is in his mind still, I think. So my thing is, I just, like, so he so he says this, you know, he, I, th- I, think they're, I think they're not going to trade J- I, I, I don't want to say they're never going to trade Jimmy. He's yeah. not untouchable because only like LeBron and Durant and Steph. There's, there's like four guys in the league that are untouchable. For sure. I don't think they are going to go into free agency with Jimmy Butler not still on the Bulls. I think if they trade him, the earliest it will happen will be next year at the deadline. I don't think they're going to do it in this coming off season. You couldn't see it the same thing playing out on draft week like last year. Maybe they'll have conversations about it, but I don't think that they're actually going to pull the trigger on something. Oh, I think they'll they'll have conversations again in the four days leading up to the draft and draft night again. I think. So here's my big thing with like why they shouldn't trade Jimmy, yeah, and we've talked it. and we've talked about this before. But 
So let's say, I mean, if you look at some of these other teams that are maybe in the same situation as the Bulls, where they have, you know, one of these superstars, but they're not really going anywhere in the franchise, and maybe the best thing to do would be to rebuild and just kind of blow it up and start again from scratch. Mm-hmm. If like like let's say you're the Indiana Pacers, let's say they get the sense that Paul George is going to leave after next season, and so they trade him. Maybe they get that package from the Celtics with all the Brooklyn picks and stuff. Yeah. The Pacers have Miles Turner already. Yes. They have their next guy who has star potential, who's already on the roster, who's on a cheap rookie contract for the next point. for the next few years. So if they trade Paul George and get some young assets and picks back for him, they can say, okay, Miles Turner's our guy now. We're going to build around him with all these young players and picks, and you know, get guys to fit his timeline. If the Bulls blow it up and trade for Jimmy but- and trade Jimmy Butler for some young players and picks, what do they have? Do you look at any of these, you know, Denzel Valentine, Bobby Portis, J- Jerry and Grant, any of these young guys, do you look at them and say, that's our next guy? Or you just hope that you get one of those guys in the draft? That's, their next you'd pick? have to hope, but, but you'd not... need a lot of those picks, a lot of opportunities right, to hit on it. And one of those needs to be, like, probably top five, but even if top it's a, eight Even if sure. it's a top five pick, let's say yeah. they get, like, the number four pick, that could be Porzingis, but that could also be Dragon Bender. Like, there's no sure thing that that pick is going to turn out to be... Or just be a reliable starter for five years, and you don't just need a reliable starter. And you need all-star game right, potential. Right, and my thing is, you have one of those guys in Jimmy Butler, and if you have a guy like that, if it's if he's if he's going into the final year of this contract, and you get the sense that he's going to leave, then yeah, at that point, you trade him, you get what you can get for him, so he doesn't walk for nothing. But... If you have one of those guys who's, you know, a top 10 or 15 player in the league, an all-star, a franchise player like Jimmy Butler is right now, and you have him under contract for a few more years, and he's 27, you do what you can do to rebuild around him. If they want to go young and, you know, maybe get rid of Taj Gibson, get rid of Robin Lopez, get rid of some of their veterans and just get all young guys, do that. But you do that around Jimmy Butler. Look, you're never going to have a perfect timeline of players around guys. There's like there aren't teams that the entire eight guys in the core are all between ages 27 and 29. You know what I mean? Except for the I'm, Warriors. Yeah, but kind of. They built a lot through free agency, obviously there lately, um, after hitting on great draft picks in consecutive years. So for the Bulls, like nothing's going to be perfect in that sense. So it's okay, I think, in my mind, to have 28, 29-year-old Jimmy Butler being great out there as a really good rookie point guard, for example, in this draft. It's a, what, four or five deep, I think, in point guards who could really be game changers. To add one of those guys, you know, who's 20, 21, 22, and let him develop for a few years as Jimmy ages, I think that's still okay because Jimmy's in his prime and can still carry that team. And you do have to realize he has two more years left on his contract after this one before he can opt out. And you also have to, yeah, you also have to remember. But the Bulls with the new CBA can offer that huge deal, which is a... Really big deal. It's going... Remember this. Remember this. You trade Jimmy, you build around the draft, but you're still eyeing free agency to draw good young players still. But that's harder for everyone now because those players can get paid more to stay with their teams. And you have one in Jimmy, so maybe you want to capitalize on keeping him. Right, and the other thing is that you're more likely to get good players to come in free agency if the if the selling point... I mean, you can sell, you know, Chicago, it's, you know, it's a historical franchise, yeah. a big market and all that stuff. It's a lot easier to sell. It's like, hey, look, we have Jimmy Butler. He's a superstar right, right now. You can come and play with Jimmy Butler. This is how you're going to fit you alongside can be of him. You can number two and like exactly. take us to big height. Right, teams. exactly. Like that's a that's a lot easier of a sell. If the I mean, the Bulls are not in the position where they can blow it up and rebuild, and they're the Sixers, where they you know they they 
already had, you know, they have MB, they have, you know, these yeah. guys are on the roster. If the, if the Bulls blew it up and rebuilt right now, they're the Phoenix Suns. They have young guys who might end up being okay they someday. They don't even have a Devin Booker. They don't even, right, even Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker is a better prospect than anybody the Bulls have right now besides Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. And I did want to make this point, too. In the last, I mean, what, let's say since Bird and Magic came into the NBA yeah. in 79-80, what... What team that won a title didn't have a top 10 player? The Pistons in, what was it, 04? 04. That's the only team, I think, off the top of my head that you can even make an argument for, right? And they had Rip and Chauncey, if not All-Stars, had been All-Stars, were Ben Wallace. Terrific. Jude, ben Rashid they traded for. They had, they had a lot of very... That's one of the only <laughs> they, times where, like, a lot of... They have a lot of quality had, players like, and maybe not one superstar. Exactly, but... Every other team you reference had a top ten player in the NBA. Even probably. the even the even the Mavericks, which were kind of an old over the hill team, the year they won the title sure. eleven, they still had Dirk, who's a Hall of Famer, and he had an incredible year that year. I mean, he was a top five player that year, if not like I don't know about three. top five, maybe top ten, but oh. he was he was unbelievable. I that guess year. that was three years, kind of three or four years after his MVP rate. But yeah, right. like Dirk, yeah, you're absolutely right there, though. Like if you I mean, have one of those guys, maybe the guy that you if, let's say even let's say you get the number no, one pick. Yeah, and the Warriors have two of those guys. Like it's it's really hard to have a top ten player in your team. Not even a third of the teams in the NBA have a top ten player on their team because the Warriors stockpile several of them. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with Miami, but but it's like okay, so you you have one of those guys. He hasn't indicated that he wants to leave. He's under contract for a few more years he's, at a very below market rate. His game and I think personally as a leader. Yes, I mean, again, he's not completely untouchable because basically just like LeBron and Durant and Steph and Russ and Harden are complete and like Anthony Davis are completely untouchable. Can we say Giannis too now? Sure. Yeah, probably. Cool. Cool. There's like a handful of guys. Jimmy isn't quite in that group of guys that are just completely untouchable. Probably Prozingis, they've been touchable. But like, I don't want to burn our great off-season podcast we're going to have to have when they don't make the playoffs like I predicted, or if they do make the playoffs like you predicted and lose in five games in a gentleman's sweep. Right. So like, we got a lot of stuff to do late April, May, lean into the June draft. So we'll probably dedicate a full podcast to like Bulls, Celtics, hypothetical Jimmy Butler trades. But I'd rather not, but we probably like, will at some point. It it would take, we've talked about this, but I'm talking like Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, and two of those top five Brooklyn picks from the Celtics. And even I then, think, I probably we wouldn't I be 100%. I think to have a talking point for a legitimate trade, in my mind, for what Jimmy Butler's value is. That's That would start the conversation. That's not even an automatic yes. Hyken runs a hard bargain as a hypothetical They have no manager. reason they have to trade Jimmy Butler right now. No. Like, if, if this was a if this was a Kevin Love Minnesota situation or a Carmelo Anthony in Denver situation where he's going to leave and they need to get something for him, then yeah, maybe if you get a decent package from like the Celtics with a couple of those picks, then you go for it. But, but is that package better for the Bulls than just keeping Jimmy Butler? Because I feel like just keeping Jimmy Butler is the move here. Yeah, I mean, they need to hit on those draft picks, whether they have their own, whether it's the Kings pick they're using, or whether they trade Jimmy Butler for a couple real headlining picks from the Celtics or another team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I still think, obviously, I think a Jimmy Butler blockbuster trade is still more likely in the offseason anyway, Sean, just because these teams, the Bulls will want a couple young quality players who are in a team's rotation or starter starting unit back already in addition to picks. And those teams are in the playoff chase, and, uh, you know, they have continuity issues already and uh, a focus in that regard. 
and it's just easier to do those blockbuster trades, I think, sometimes in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, so that's Jimmy Butler's third straight trip to the All-Star game. First one as a starter. Well-deserved. It does mean something to Jimmy, despite Jimmy previously saying that. Taj Gibson saying what everyone already knew. It matters to Jimmy Butler, and it should, because he's ascended to a terrific spot in the NBA uh, hierarchy, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, so that will be good to see. We uh, what? We'll be back. I think Saturday. Saturday night. after those Kings game. Late tip: Kings Bulls. Um, hate to break it to you, Chicago fans, but Boogie uh, is reportedly going to sign that long-term extension in Sacramento when he can. So you go in to watch the Kings and see future possible hypothetical Bulls center Boogie Cousins. Probably isn't going to play out Saturday night because he will be a king for years to come. Another note on the Kings, Rudy Gay just had a torn Achilles and he's out for the season. And that might affect whether the Bulls get the pick or not. And you can make the argument the Bulls should lose to the Kings. I guess, I mean, (laughs) there are worse bad teams to lose to. Let the Kings climb a little more, get in the end of that playoff race, and make that pick 13. So it goes. If the Bulls beat the Kings... The Kings go down in the standings, more likely to keep that top 10 protected pick. Just luckily, saying, luckily, just throwing it out there. Luckily, the Bulls are pretty good at losing to teams they shouldn't lose to. Yeah, they can do. They could actually lose to the Kings without being called, like, frauds and planning that, you know, tanking that game or whatever, because right. that's just what happens anyway sometimes. So, uh, Bulls first before Saturday night. Uh, they are Friday night on the road to play the Atlanta Hawks in a game that every game in the Eastern Conference basically has playoff implications because there's a lot of mediocre teams uh, kind of in the same area. So we'll keep an eye on both of those for you and have a podcast Saturday night after Bulls-Kings. As always, follow Sean on Twitter, at Hiken, myself, at Cody Westerlin. Follow Lockdown Bulls on Twitter, at Lockdown Bulls. we got a Facebook page of the same name. And most of all, subscribe to us. That's right. You can get us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review, preferably a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. We've got Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, with the draft coming up in a few months, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. All 30 NBA teams have their own Locked On Podcast. All 32 NFL teams with conference championships coming up, draft coming up. Whatever your favorite team is, there's a Locked On Podcast for it. Doris Burke listens to the Locked On Podcast Network. She said that on TV last night. So shout out to Doris Burke. Uh, and also, if you want to advertise with us, once again, you should email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com with any inquiries there. Uh, we will be back with you on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.